Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. You're tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Amelia Hogan's latest single, Taking Flight, an album by the same name, is set for a March 1st, 2023 release. Amelia is a California girl with a Celtic heart, and her music is full of Irish, Scottish, and British flavors. Amelia is my guest on this next edition of Americana Music Profiles. Good afternoon, Amelia. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hi there. Nice to meet you, Greg. Good to talk with you on the West Coast, California, right? Good to talk to you today from the West Coast, California. Is that right? Yeah, I'm out in San Francisco. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Celtic music. Um, I, I was expecting to hear uh, uh, an accent of some kind. You have such beautiful Celtic uh, lyrics in your song. Um, but are you uh, native to this country? I'm a California girl, but of course my family is Irish, Scottish, British, etc. Um, my dad's family mostly, but also on my mom's side. So I grew up listening to really traditional old Irish music and song. And okay, yeah. Either of your parents musicians are they players where where did the experience the the exposure and the motivation to actually become a celtic singer come from oh my gosh uh my mom is a professional songwriter lives in nashville okay and i grew up as a babe in arms going to folk music club events in san francisco like i heard pete Seeger at you know <laughs> the old folks knees and um, and listen to a lot of great, like Stan Hugel, the Maritime series, mm-hmm. um, going aboard the, the CA Fair out into the bay as a small child learning sea shanties and just really listening directly mm. to previous generations, kind of the old way to do it. Mm-hmm. Were you aware of who Pete Seeger was when you were getting to experience his music? I mean, not really. Everybody made a fuss, of course, around around Faith Petrick's living room. Hmm. But I think as a 
I just thought he had a nice voice and he was pretty friendly. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah. As a singer, are, are you singing modern songs written by modern songwriters? Or are you singing, uh, are you going back and pulling, pulling uh, songs out from the old traditional Irish folk catalogs? Where, do, where does your music come from? Both. I mean, I think the, the songs that I'm most drawn to, the thing that ties the two concepts together for me is that there's got to be a level of emotional truth to the story. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a sort of human mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. that rings honest. And that's kind of what draws me to to both modern compositions and the really old stuff. Yeah. You have a lot of songs that are uh, a cappella, no instruments. Um, mm-hmm. Is it harder to keep a melody in your head when you're singing without instruments accompanying you? You know what's funny is no. <laughs> <laughs> I find it harder to sing with big band orchestras. Because really? Okay. When someone says it's, yeah, when someone says, oh, it's in the key of b flat or c someone's going to have really unique chord voicings or they're going to pull in minor sevenths or you know they're going to do something interesting with it and so then i have to think well which note is the one that i should play with where where should i place my voice in relationship to that Hmm. so in my head it's just really that's what the song is telling me like it's alive and communicating Mm -hmm. the right setting Hmm. Are are you an? Uh, do you play an instrument also, or just vocals? Vocals is an <laughs> instrument too, of course. But <laughs> uh, do you have a, yeah. a stringed instrument that you can accompany yourself with? I mean, badly. If I'm if I'm really frank, I would always prefer people who are much more skilled with finger instruments than myself. Mm. But in a pinch, I also play a little twenty-two string lap harp. Hmm. Okay. And I've, I've got a little shrewdy box to give a nice drone for certain songs where the melody is really rangy or it goes all over the place. Then you've got that mm-hmm. counterpoint or um, on like St. Patrick's Day shows and things, I'll pull out my bar on and, and at least hold a steady pulse, even if it's not like a solo instrument mm, for me. Yeah. Do you read music also? Also, not that well. Um, <laughs> well, you mentioned kind of... somebody saying, "Hey, we're going to do this in the court of G." I, I, I guess I'm presuming that, uh, as a predominantly singer, you still understand what that means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, I can kind of plank things out by sight reading. Like, mm. I can, I can sort of go on a piano or a harp and go, "Okay, that's where that one is," and that, "Oh, right, that's sharp," and "Oh, that's flatted." But I don't think in terms of visual. I sort of think in terms of I don't know, I keep coming back to that idea of an emotional truth. Hmm. And so so it, that's really the thing that is most essential in how I'm thinking about music. Do you write like, also? A little bit. I'm just, just beginning to get into that space. Um, my mom's a professional writer, of course, mm-hmm. and she's very good at it, but I am new to exploring that 
that arena myself. So is she um, is is mom a teacher or just mom? Is it harder to learn from a parent that kind of a craft? I mean, she's kind of a, a powerhouse of songwriting. Like she's known the world over and brought in all kinds of places to teach and oh, cool. to write books. Okay. And she's really, really good at it. So okay. it's kind of more like, like that's really her, her space. Uh-huh. And, and when I was a little kid, I was always compared, well, you don't write songs. I'm like, well, no, I'm, I just really love the stuff that that's already here. <laughs> uh, but in response to the pandemic, I really felt like I didn't have a song that answered looking to pull ourselves out of that collective experience hmm. in the ways that I was hoping for mm-hmm. from existing songs. So you've got, um, I'm bouncing around here, but I had a couple other questions and, and hopefully I'll get back to them. But you you mentioned your music and the pandemic, and I, I have a feeling like a lot of musicians, it had a, uh, a tremendous effect on your music as well, especially being on the West Coast that was California kind of had a different uh, treatment to it than, than other states. How did mm-hmm. how did that affect you and your music and, and what came out of that, if anything? I think I dove back into music as solace. I started singing on Facebook Live to friends near and far to connect what I had been experiencing in my little apartment in San Francisco (laughs) with other people that I saw sort of panic posting every day. Oh, my God, it's been four days since I've seen a person, you know, Um, (laughs) and I kept thinking, what can I do? How can I how can people be fed? Well, art, art is where people turned to to remind us of each other and our our connections to each other. And so the theme of birds for the album taking flight was that those were the songs I, I kept returning to. I kept Mm. that kept lifting me up and feeling like there's hope there. Mm -hmm. You mentioned, um, uh, connecting with folks, um, digitally. Do you, Mm -hmm. do you have a sense of the demographic of the types of folks that resonate with your music? Were you able to, dial in specifically to a group of had you already had your fans established uh, and were you able to gain new fans and what kind of demographic um, are they for you and your music I mean I think at the the fiercest moments toward the beginning of the pandemic yeah there were my diehard fans but there were a lot of people I was not expecting to connect with Hmm. um it was surprising how many younger people gravitated toward weekly live. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm going to sing for you a, a few songs mm-hmm. relative to what the world at large is experiencing. Mm-hmm. So kind of, I mean, I think Celtic music in a lot of ways is sort of a subgenre of folk mm-hmm. and, and a lot of roots music. Mm-hmm. It, it tends to attract a sort of twee grandmother mental image, hmm. <laughs> right? You get the like, Oh, granny. And you know, the yeah. cute little yeah, yeah. bleak pottery <laughs> and Waterford crystal. And right. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 
Well, that, that but traditional and, and uh, the Celtic and Irish and uh, e- even German music all migrated to this country at some point. You know, when mm-hmm. they came here, they brought it with them. And even being on the East Coast, bluegrass music has a lot of roots in that uh, music as well. So really, you're you're uh, singing in, in the um, foundational roots of what most music is here in this country anyway. Absolutely. I think a lot of American and roots music here is such a beautiful amalgamation of all of the cultures that came through struggle and hardship and pain and hope aspirations, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of those influences have a part to play in how we've created an American identity of music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does the history of the Celtic music come into play for you when you sing? Of course. I think it's hard to dissociate the concepts, right? They're so intrinsic because in the specifics, right, in the specifics of an individual historical song, that roots it in a time and place particularly. But in, again, the emotional threads, those are universal and those carry forward through time and connect us back mm-hmm. through time as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you been able to experience the authenticity of this music by traveling into uh, the countries of its origin? Yeah. Oh, I've been so lucky. Um, I think the first time I traveled to Ireland was in 2000 and I, I really came upon a culture of listening being the most important thing. You go up to a session, a singing session in particular, and the way you can sort of prove your value coming into the space ends up being an awful lot based on how you show up as a participant in the conversation as a listener mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you been able to play there as well as being a listener? Yeah. Oh, I've been so lucky to join in on sessions. There are a couple of really beautiful, a few really in particular, beautiful sessions that happen at the, the Galeen Singers Club mm. on Parnell Square and, um, the Seamus Ennis Arts Center hosts a, a thing which tends to be tends to bring together a lot more of a wider age demographic. And mm-hmm. it's the night that Larry got stretched, which was a bar at the back of a bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of the bar? Yeah, the night that Larry got stretched. And it's a line from a song. Sure, actually. I hope so. <laughs> if not, it should be. <laughs> right. Um, and so those are a couple of great places liberty hall was another one i was lucky enough to be able to attend and and sing at Uh and um they're all full of amazing people just incredible world musicians so have you been able to get back out live since the pandemic or do you have a are you mostly in in your region or do you get to tour is is that part of what you do with your music I mean, I used to before the pandemic. I think I'm hoping to again. Mm-hmm. I think with this new 
album coming out, I'm really looking to reconnect with a lot of the friends and audiences I've made over the last many, many years. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how many years. Um, In particular, I think now is a good moment for that. I think people are starting to spread their wings. Um, But, but also to just, to feel their, their need for community again Mm -hmm. and, and rebuild bridges and connections and friendships. What's your favorite kind of venue? I love small theaters, like really small theaters, like a couple hundred seats. Hmm. I think that's my favorite size. Yeah. Because you're close enough to people to feel like you're singing with them rather than at them. Mm -hmm. And so, again, it brings it back to that theme of kind of a conversation with through the song or with the song itself and then again with the audience as you kind of get out of the way of the song technically do you typically do this as a solo artist or do you have musicians do you go out as a band how does that work um when i tour sometimes i will pull together a pickup group and sometimes i tour with other musicians i have done it entirely solo acapella in what they call Shannos style. Hmm. So it's got that open breathing room and flexibility of the meter of the song and the, the flow of what is the story saying? Um, you don't put a straight jacket on a song as my friend Julie says hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to sort of hammer it into a, a metric structure. If that's not what the song what makes sense for the song. Mm-hmm. So when going solo, sometimes you absolutely sing because the song itself is rhythmic. You absolutely follow that and you swing the rhythm and you, you pull in the pulse in a way that makes sense for people. But sometimes you leave it really open and traveling solo for short sets is fantastic. Sure. It's yeah. an awful lot of fun. Yeah. A lot easier probably to coordinate, I'm sure too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have you been able to do this full time? Do you have other things that you do? What what keeps you busy? <laughs> I mean, you know, during the pandemic, there has been an awful lot of figuring out what else to do as well. Yeah, everybody. But yeah. It's been right. It's been my lifeblood in times and places where it was all I had was being a touring musician and sharing songs in these very personal ways these very kind of vulnerable spaces just you and your voice and an audience yeah um and it's a little bit intimidating i think for some people who are used to the big backing band to help root the melody or Mm -hmm. to sort of anchor the pitch or something but i'm lucky in that i've been an acapella singer for so long that I'm more comfortable and familiar with just feeling my way through it Mm -hmm. solo. Do you have other expressions of, of your artistic inclinations? (laughs) Weirdly. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I, I went to art school and I have a history of doing sort of pick me up projects of, and an, impressionistic style in uh-huh. terms of painting yeah 
I think my brain works in a narrative way. So if there's a way to make a story out of a still image, my brain will do that. Hmm. If there's a way to bring something to life and to feel like it's, it's a snapshot of a history or a story. Mm -hmm. And, and so I'll, I'll pull that into almost every professional work that I do as an artist. And that can be really effective in an office setting too, in terms of providing context and yeah, but why does this happen after this happens? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So then I have a podcast about art too. Oh, cool. Okay. So art, art is in, in visual art, not necessarily your music. Both, yeah, all of it. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good. Yeah, I. Well, that doesn't surprise me. You, uh, our conversation sounds like you've done this before, so that's awesome. <laughs> um, so the new album and the single is "Taking Flight," both out and available. Yeah, um, it's now available on Bandcamp, iTunes, Amazon. I think it's probably on Spotify and YouTube. Pretty sure. And uh, that's it. I'm so excited to be able to get this out into the world. Yeah. How can people find you? Reach out, talk to you, make connections. Uh, um, you can find me through my website, ameliahogan.com. You can find me through my social media, through um, Facebook and. I don't know, I'm kind of I'm around. Yeah. Um, you can also chat with me in in I guess like if you see me at a show, I'm always happy to walk through how I do stuff and why I do stuff and yeah. answer questions as we go. Awesome. Yeah. So from the stage. Um, from the side of the stage, maybe after. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you you don't want you don't want that banter going on all night long directly from the stage. <laughs> No, I think that tends to muddy the yeah. performance a little bit for the people who are not involved in that piece of conversation. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, some some artists like that, but I, it makes sense. It, it would bother me, I think, if I if I come to to bring a particular type of delivery and it gets interrupted. I think uh, would 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 disrupt the flow. It feels like. Mm, yeah, I actually had somebody do that at one of my very first Thailand Games festivals when I was about 19 hmm. and she showed up and I was like, hi, sweetie. And she just starts getting in my face about like, oh, you're performing and everything. And I was like, I'm being paid to sing these songs. But yeah. <laughs> I appreciate your enthusiasm though. Thanks. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks Amelia. I appreciate it. I've enjoyed talking to you. I love your music and uh, man, I'd love for you to get over here to the uh, East coast. We'd love to catch you live somewhere. Wish you the best with it. Oh, that's awesome. I would love to make it back out to the East Coast. I think probably later this year looks likely to, Good. again, make my connections on the East Coast. So, yeah. Yeah. Good. Cool. Well, thank you. Thank you, Greg. I really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. 